Thank you for joining us, everyone, as we prepare for Creatives Chat, episode 36, featuring Sari Savvy. Join us as we talk about who knows what. Our show shall begin now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel and Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at jazzpianopro.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creatives Chat. Hi, I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. And Peter, tell our viewers who we have on our show today. Ooh, Rusty, we have an individual. He's been blowing up across the seas in various countries in the Cambodian American singer, songwriter, producer from White Center, Washington. His recent single company recently just hit and broke the top 30 hits in top dance music in Radio Norbo over in Italy. We have Mr. Sari Savvy himself. Oh, this is going to be an exciting conversation, folks. Get your popcorn out. And meet Sari. Oh, Sari Savvy, what's good? How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on Creative Chat. You know, I got to introduce to you on the All Game podcast, and I just love the story, dived into the music, and I'm just really excited to explore everything in terms of the music, the inspirations, the history, the background, the future. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Sari's sound? I struggle with this question all the time because I don't know, (laughs) which is kind of odd because when you listen to my music, it's kind of cohesive and Mm. it's kind of, you know, it's kind of just kind of like that, that's it. You know what I mean? Um, But I feel like it's, um, it's very dynamic. Uh, It's very vibrant. And it's also Mm. very personal. Um, And the reason why I usually go with those three things is because I feel like a lot of of the times when I'm writing my my lyrics, I try not to think too much about it. I try for it to be like a casual conversation between myself and the listener. Mm. And so a lot of the times my music will be written in kind of a first person perspective because I want to really Uh, own in on this, like, I'm there with you. I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? And um, this is kind of like a, I don't know, I guess we're just sitting down and and talking about kind of what I've been going through or how I can help you, that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely brings energy. I think that's one thing that is just... The moment you hear it, I mean, obviously with like the more upbeat, like dance tunes, we'll yeah. dive into that, but like yeah. <laughs> the, the energy, but really everything always has such a sound. And I always attest, you know, the skill of the artist or singer musician is, can they really make the heart sing into whatever medium they're using? And that's the yeah. cool thing is when you can hear the emotion, like the pain and the memories and that type of history in your voice, that's dope. So where did you, re- I mean, it's a, honestly, it's kudos to you, but like, Thank you. I know for myself, I know personally, I know a little bit of your background, but for our listeners, like, when did your journey begin? Cause the one thing that highlights to me is I see 12 years old come out and it's like, what, 
12 years old making that pivot and direction for your life like how did you come about into this life of music um so the thing is is that i never really wanted to be an artist to to start yeah i actually didn't want to do music because everybody in my family does music everybody so I didn't want to, a lot of the times when I hear other stories about other musicians, they kind of follow in their parents' footsteps or something. Mm. And for me, um, I actually wanted to do, I wanted to do video game designing. I didn't want to do music. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. Um, so I kind of did, you know, when I was little, I was obsessed with the PS1. And so I used nice. to play games all the time. And then um, when my mom took away my PS1, because I was... <laughs> <laughs> um, I started doing a little dancing, um, and that's when I really got my first taste of performing. Uh, my sister and my aunt put together this dance group, if you will, between my sister, my cousin, and myself, and we used to go around. This was like when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old. We used to go around to different pageants and casinos and perform and get paid for it. Um, and that was pretty cool. And then my older sister, she was our choreographer and she got pregnant. So we stopped. And then <laughs> when I was nine, I moved schools and I was enrolled in choir for the first time. And uh, my choir director came up to me a couple weeks after uh, the, the school year just started and told me, you have something special. And I didn't know what that really meant because I never thought of myself as a singer at that time. And, you know, he's just like, if you keep practicing, I really think you could go far. Um, and so I didn't think much of it, but I went home anyway and started um, singing to the radio a lot. I I'm not professionally taught. And so I used mm. to like listen to Radio Disney all the time. And <laughs> that was the one that they played nothing but bops. So I listened to um, Radio Disney. And then when uh, I moved back to my old school, when uh, I was 12, that's when my sister's boyfriend, who used to work at an independent label, he introduced me to a lot of different um, uh, DAWs, which is an abbreviation for Digital Audio Workstation. And oh. uh, he introduced me to a lot of different programs that helps you do like music production or like recording vocals, things like that. And that is the day where I decided, okay, I want to do this for real. Um, I became go. obsessed with it. So... It, it was, you know, it's been a long time coming now. I, I, I started from using like one of those like $5 desktop mics because that's all we could afford at the time <laughs> to like, you know, now having all of this great equipment, being able to work from home, it's, it's been such a blessing. Wow. Come up, the come up story. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's something that's really fascinating though, is you think about like getting introduced to music especially, you know, just like a choir class at nine. Yeah. Like that must've been a very, I mean, obviously it was an influential experience now that you reflect yeah. on it, but even yeah. just getting taught sound and music yeah. and harmony, that's such an important lesson that we don't get really at all anymore in school, do we? Like how many, how many educational <laughs> structures are set up where they could actually afford the arts nowadays with how yeah. budget cuts and all that stuff is operating. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. So in terms of that reflection back, what was it really like when you look back now getting told that, you know, like, hey, like you could actually do this, do this? I guess, you know, one of my I feel like this is 
become a part of my brand now, but I'm very open about how insecure I am. Mm. Um, I'm very open about that because I think, I think being an artist is not just about the music. I think it's also about really being able to connect with your audience. And for me, mm. something that I connect with when it comes to my fans is kind of like my, my physical image, how I feel about my physicality, how I feel mm. about my mental health. And so I'm very, very open with that. And so like, I mean, I still struggle with that from time to time, even as an adult. Mm. Um, but because of some of the new friends that I've met over the past couple of years since I've turned 21, I think that I believe in myself now more than I ever have because it just feels like mm. from 12 up until I was 21, it was just a lot of, um, you know, it's just kind of like this roller coaster where it's like, okay, I feel like I can do this. And then the next day it'll be like, okay, I actually don't know if I can do this anymore. Um, and it's kind of been like that all throughout my whole life, you know, because a lot of my mm. music um, and the kind of, you know, who I am kind of intersects a lot with, it, it just really intersects with a lot of my insecurities. And so like my insecurity really stops me from mm. accomplishing my full potential sometimes. And that's what I get told a lot. And that's something that I'm starting to recognize. Um, but I'm trying to kind of live in the spirit of gratitude when I wake up every morning, because I feel like I've done so much in just the past two years that a lot of artists, they don't really get to that point. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't, I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years now. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people have kind of fallen along the way. So that mm -hmm. I've met and it's just really, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, because it's like you kind of take a look at like where you are now. And it's good that you've accomplished all these things, but you kind of take a look at all of the people you've met along the way. And some of those connections mm. that are no longer, you know, they no longer serve a positive purpose for you no more, or yeah. they are kind of, you know, they stopped doing music. So it's, it's sad in that sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's just being happy being willing to have the the self-love to really yeah. pursue your passion i find is always a really rare quality because it requires yeah. courage you know to yeah. i mean to really get like what you're talking about in terms of making connection with fans in terms of really building your brand it's all about transparency and vulnerability yeah. and i find that not a lot of people have the i don't really want to say like it's not really like a strength it's, I see it more as like a detachment to really yeah. be able to do things and not have like a shame or a self judgment. So okay. it's really, you know, it's really powerful just to like hear you talk about your own stuff and like going through your own coming of age and, you know, and just dealing with the adversity and chaos yeah. that it's always like a trial by fire, but I always yeah. find, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, I always like to, to vibe with different creatives is because it's always so awesome and reassuring and, you know, inspiring to see people that have been through the fires, you know, of suffering, of chaos, of pain, and still keep their heart, still keep that compassion. And I think that's one of the things is, you know, you're one of the most like straightforward people. I've, and we haven't had a lot of it, I guess you'd say like interactions before, but like you're yeah. one of the most like straightforward, like communicative people I've experienced in quite some time. So it's always really nice to have someone that's like, <laughs> I mean, just straightforward and just like no BS. It's just like, hey, I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> like, Thank you. You know, so I appreciate the efficiency because <laughs> it's like, hey, time is our most important commodity. And when you've been through such a grind and you finally come into your own, and you have this freedom. You're like, hey, let's yeah. go. Like, 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I try to be, you know, I, I really try. <laughs> well, I guess you could say, where is that kind of willingness to kind of take things out of the comfort zone and to push yourself? You know, where does that drive come from? You know, you're talking about people dropping off and falling off into their passion and arts, you know, like, where do you have that? I don't want to say like cutthroat mentality because <laughs> sometimes you do have to cut the, you do have to cut dead weight off, obviously. Yeah. But where do you come up with that fire for life? Well, you know, I am, um, for me, it's the kind of scary thought of like, and this is for a lot of artists too. I feel like it's not just me, but there is no plan B for me. Um, and I, my, my biggest fear is feeling mm. like I can't do this and going back to work for some corporate company doing a nine to five. Um, because I feel like that's not my purpose. Uh, I feel like there, there's a higher power that's telling me to, to continue to be consistent. And um, there's a lot of people I've met along the way who, um, some of those people who I haven't really done music with in a while, but uh, they're still in my life. And they, they keep telling me, you know, you, your time is coming, you know, mm. we feel it. Um, and so it's really the support of like my husband, my family, my friends, um, even when I doubt myself, you know, I feel like they kind of um, compensate for a lot of those things and mm. they help push me to do a lot of different things. And also, you know, it's just the fact that I'm kind of hitting this like mid twenties kind of like epiphany where I'm like, I am not like I have to get this done and I have to do it now. And my mm. mentality kind of, you know, for the past couple of years is like, there's no time for me to be afraid. Like as much as I am scared to do a lot of things, um, I have to kind of just like be this kind of person where I'm like, uh, it's not a fake it till you make it kind of thing. It's more like I need to just go out there and do it. You know, and, mm. and not think about, mm. not think about like what other people think or not think about how I might mess up. <laughs> My biggest fear is always messing up in front of people because I'm such a perfectionist. Um, but I'm learning that it's okay to be open about the fact that I am not perfect. Uh, but that took me a long time. Mm. But, you know, it's kind of just like this mentality where it's like, I want to do this by this age. I want to get this done by this time. Mm. Um, and uh, that's kind of the fire that keeps me going. Cause I'm just like, I, I don't want to, I feel like the older that I get, I feel like the less time that I have that that's the mentality that I go with. And for yeah. a lot of people that might be kind of bad. Cause a mm. lot of people don't like to put an age cap on their dreams. Um, but for me, I am professional at procrastinating. So <laughs> For me, it's like, if I put that pressure on myself, like 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm going to meet that goal. So I always try to put that pressure on myself where I feel like, okay, everyone's counting on me. So I have to do this. I have no choice. As yeah, much yeah, as I yeah. don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's funny. Well, <laughs> I guess the, do you think that it takes that kind of no plan B type of mindset? for you to fully commit yourself to like your aspirations and your dreams in that sense? You know, I think that's a, I think that's subjective um, because I mm. feel like 
there are some people who would say, you know, you can go to school, get a degree, that'll be your, you know, you can fall back on your degree. Um, mm. And that was my mentality for a long time. Um, you know, when I graduated high school and I got accepted to go to Evergreen State, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Evergreen State. I'm going to do something in sociology because if this doesn't work out, I would like to be a marriage counselor because my parents separated when I was younger and I mm. felt like family is the heart of everything. So I really wanted to be a part of the journey for other people to keep families together. Mm. Um, because I saw how much of an impact it had on me yeah. uh, and how much it affected my mental health and my spirituality. Um, so that was kind of what I wanted to do, but, you know, there was a lot of different complications that happened along the way. So I ended up not going to college and, um, from there on, you know, I kind of had to hustle, you know, and yeah. I bumped into a lot of different people, Emmanuel and King being two of them. And meeting all of these creative people who are kind of like, have the same kind of mentality that I do, where it's like, we, there's no other option. Like, this is it, you know? So it's like, either we go hard or we go home. And so, and it's just crazy to I me because, it. you know, like the, the whole plan B thing, I, I'm still not opposed to it. I think that if people want to do that, I feel like mm -hmm. they should do that, you know? Um, but I feel like for me personally, and again, this is subjective. And to some people, mm -hmm. this is actually toxic. <laughs> but for me, it's kind of like, if I don't have a degree, if I don't have any kind of like vocational training or anything like that, then mm -hmm. for me, that just gives me another reason to work 10 times harder than everybody else around me. Ooh, yeah. um, and so I feel like if I was to, you know, if I were to get a degree, I feel like in a sense, I'd be setting myself up for failure. Because I'm just like, well, if I'm getting a degree, then it's like, I'm saying, okay, so this might not work mm, out and I'm kind of I doubting myself. So yeah. that's and kind of where my commitment. mind goes. And time yeah. commitment and all that other stuff. Then you're second guessing things. Is this the right thing for me? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, so, but you're listening to your heart. And I think that's something that's like, yeah. it's incredibly, obviously important, but it's so undervalued with how yeah. we treat people and how, what we deem as successful and a meaningful life. And yeah we've lost touch of what it really means to, you know, live out our truth. And I think that's one of the things is, you know, when you're, you're a genuine person, you're a sincere person, you can just tell that with how you communicate and how you express yourself. And when you're not doing that for your own life, you know, and you live <laughs> in that paradox, you know, it's just yeah. naturally you're just butting heads with yourself. And I find that that's just such a plight of modern day, like society in the trap. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. <laughs> Well, in terms of like the musical development, the evolution, do you find that that no plan B commitment, do you see that that kind of lit, lit the fire underneath like the musical evolution to really start like collaborating and just pushing different like venues of how you're going to express yourself in different mediums and all that? Yeah, it, it definitely did 110%. Mm. And for me... I think that for an artist, you always have to be adaptable and flexible. Yeah. And for me, I've noticed with a lot of artists I've worked with in the past, that's where they kind of lack. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of those artists who are unwilling to compromise usually are the ones who, from my own personal experience, usually don't succeed. Growth is such a huge thing that I emphasize for myself. And for me, growth is 
part of that is putting myself in situations where I feel very uncomfortable and I don't like certain people, but I try to keep it professional and I try to get something done. And so a lot of the times I feel like that helps me. That helps me grow yeah, as not yeah. just an artist, but a person. And mm. so a lot of the collaborations and everything, you know, I, I never saw myself doing house music. That's not what I wanted to do. And so when I got dragged into doing house music, I was like, this is exactly the opposite of what I want to do. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where I didn't say no, because I'm just like, you know, if, if this isn't working, then I have to go somewhere else. Mm. Um, and so a lot of that's, that's what I'm saying is that a lot of artists, they don't really have that kind of mentality. They're, like, they're really willingness. Yeah. Willingness. You know, a lot of artists, um, they're stubborn, you know, they want to do what they want to do. And I understand that. I get that. Um, but I think that in the music industry, it's, it's definitely more of a kind of thing where you kind of have to prove yourself. Mm. Um, and for me, doing house music was never a part of the plan, but I did it because if that's where the success is and that's where I'm going to go to get what I want, and then I can transfer and convert that into what my idea of success is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> isn't it funny though, how life turns out that way? It's those things that we're like, we have that resistance intention for yeah. that one week overcome that initial like yeah. doubt fear whatever it is that we're using to kind of like push it away <laughs> it usually ends up turning out pretty cool yeah. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about you well, yeah i'm looking at games and i'm just thinking like yo, that, <laughs> that was that was a huge song and i mean it still it is pretty popular yeah no it is it is and um you know the song came out back in december 2019 and the fact that people still love it is is crazy to me because uh, at first, you know, I kind of told the label, you know, and I, I told Chris, I'm just like, I feel like, I'm being honest with myself, this isn't really a special record to me. Um, because I wrote it so quick. Um, and I'm just like, Ugh, it's just whatever. And it's just crazy to me because it just gave me a different perspective on songwriting. Um, mm. How songs that I've taken so much time can have very little success, but a song that I wrote in two hours is the biggest song I've ever put out, ever. So it, it gave me a different perspective and it taught me to really um, nurture and treat every single song like it was my own child. Because Games wasn't, uh, you know, I, I loved the record when I was doing it. And over time, it became this kind of thing where, you know, um, I kept hearing it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, you know, I, I really appreciate everyone who loves it and still listens to it. But, you know, my ears are definitely tired of hearing right? games. But I do have to say, if it wasn't for games, I wouldn't have a lot of the opportunities that I have now. Um, mm. You know, a lot of, um, a couple months after games came out, there were major labels who contacted me. And there were a lot of different producers who contacted me. So if it wasn't for that song there wouldn't be, I wouldn't be playing on the radio in Italy. There wouldn't be people and, you know, publishing companies and record labels in Italy who know about me. So I'm grateful for that, yeah. you know, yeah, in that yeah. context. Well, I mean, it's just, it's again, it's just that loving reminder of just the leap of faith when you just yeah. say yes and yeah. don't put these roadblocks. Well, it's self-sabotage. And I find that it's a common, it's a common reoccurrence in our society is that we always just get caught up in the game of just, yeah shooting ourselves in the feet, you know, yeah. and 
it's funny though because I find that that is the one of the many superpowers that gratitude gives you. And I find it great that you know it's you, you're a practitioner yourself because I find that it is it does give you these superpowers of just different type of participation in life is probably yeah. the like the way I'd like to to say it is that you give when you're reminded about your mortality you know when you when you're reminded about the the past that you've lived and who you are now and where you've been it's something that just gives you a Huh, whatever you know just to handle whatever <laughs> life like throws your way so yeah it's just sure. amazing to see man it's cool <laughs> thank like, you well i know you talk about you know like the journey of you know kind of going through your own valley of the shadows of death and kind of coming out the other yeah. side i know this personally from my own experience with my family in this um like how did your like the parents how did your separation in dealing with that how did that operate in your family? And like, what was the impact on, you know, I know you said you, the marriage counselor influence is really powerful because I know how much I would have loved a few different conversations when I was going through different <laughs> stuff with my family, but yeah. how, how has it really impacted you into the, the open person you are today? I think that mental health is very stigmatized in a lot of older generation Cambodian people. And mm. um, being open about your personal issues is commonly looked down upon. And for me, I always felt like that was wrong. I always felt like it's not right for people to condemn other people for being open about the things that they're going through. I think that mm. that is mm. a sign for help. Um, it's a very subtle sign sometimes. And I feel like a lot of the times people don't take that seriously. I started to realize the trauma that I went through and it started to affect my day-to-day -day life. And then because of that, it translated over to my music. And so mm. a lot of the times, like when people talk to me or, you know, tell me that my music is relatable, a lot of the times people think it's about a relationship like with an ex or something. But a lot of the times my music is actually about my relationship with my family. So... It's just, yeah. So it's a whole twist on everything I've heard from you. <laughs> yeah. Like I so, got to re-listen to stuff right now. <laughs> you got to re-listen to stuff. Yeah. And so when I did that interview a while ago um, with the All Game podcast, I said, you know, listen to, I think that people need to listen for Easter eggs in my music because a lot of the times my music is talking about somebody, but the context in which I speak is not about a lover. It's not about a romantic yeah. lover. Um, and company is one of the, probably the bigger examples of that. Um, mm. And uh, because Company for me is such a personal song because I feel like it will always be relevant in my life. And I don't yeah. think that I've ever been so open with my songwriting up until I wrote Company. And it was just, it was so hard for me because I usually don't choke up on my own music, but Mm. Um, company for me was just the one thing because every time I listen to it and when people tell me how much they love it I just think about like the impact that it has on the listener only because yeah. of the fact that it's written in such a gender neutral perspective but like it has a very universal language that can apply to everybody and not just romantic relationships so yeah. I, I just think about that a lot oh yeah it's a super well it's again it's kind of funny because it's the really one of the most intense it's a very deep song but very upbeat <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, know. I know it's very conflicting right because 
when I heard the beat, package, <laughs> I was like, this is not going to be no happy dance song. Like, this is not it. Um, when I told the producer that I, I was going to write a sad song, <laughs> you know, he was kind of taken off guard because he's like, you know, I mean, this is house music. We're supposed to make people dance. But I'm like, people can dance and cry at the same time. Okay. So that is my thing. Okay. Um, so that, that was that, that dance and cry song. That's company for me. <laughs> that's so great. And I think the, I mean, that always just applies the deeper meaning to art in, in and of itself and just how much it can impact people in a different way. You know, you know, again, like we can both look at the same painting and it can hit our hearts differently. And that's the connection that's always really important. I mean, for me, one of the things that I was like, that I connected with was, you know, the song emotionally. And I, I, in terms of just past pains and just that type of message of reflection and just moving forward, that like really struck a chord with me of just, you know, things and issues that I've dealt with, you know, in people yeah. in my life. So it's, again, wow. like when you're, when you're able to really express your heart and it comes yeah. through the music and it can affect people, like, how does that feel as an artist? <laughs> oh, it's it's indescribable you know there's no amount of awards there's no amount of streams no amount of um any type of superficial accolade that could really compare to somebody dming me and being like this song got me through this you know mm. i feel like because i feel like you can't put a price tag on feelings um yeah. And uh, a lot of, um, you know, I, I actually just the other day, a fan of mine who is new and didn't really know about me up until his partner told him about me, you know, he was just like, I really love this and I connect with this. And, um, you know, I was listening to your song Company and it just, it just made me feel so like emotional because I think about like my own life and I think about the relationships I have with the people in my life and the lyrics, I just feel like, I just feel like if I were to write a song about the relationship I have with the people in my life, I feel like everything you said in company is exactly what I would write down. And so like things like that, I feel like make me feel like I'm doing something right, you know, yeah. because for me, it's never really been about the money. And for me, it's always been about the passion and the drive. And, yeah. you know, for me, the money comes later. I'll worry about the money later. Um, I think the, the number one priority I always try to put over my head is just creating universal music that can really touch every single culture, every single person from all walks of life, and is uh, just like a simple conversation about, you know, what I see in someone else's life or opening mm. my life and my world to somebody else, hoping that there's somebody else out there who can relate with me and reflect because I do a lot of reflection um, outside Ooh. of music. Yeah. So a lot of my music for me is, is reflection. And for the listener, it's kind of like we're both reflecting and, you know, kind of going through the motions together. Yeah. Self-reflection. <laughs> I mean, reflection is a hot word for me because I think <laughs> reflection is the number one tool well i guess i should yeah. say number two because i consider gratitude the number one tool mm -hmm. but you know self-reflection is you know an incredibly powerful resource to heal yeah. to grow oh, yeah to transform to change yeah. and like you know in terms of stumbling into your self-reflection you know like how has that helped you because obviously you resonated with the heal like <laughs> how has that resonated like how has that really like transformed your life in terms of just 
being courageous enough to look within and loving enough to look within? Um, you know, it's, it's given me a different, I think just growing up, you know, my upbringing, it is, it gives me a different lens because I feel like a lot of the times, you know, as a child, you're always being told what to do, how to think, how to act, who to be. Um, and a lot of the times it's the adults in your life who are kind of influencing that and kind of making those decisions for you. At least in my experience, it is. And for me, I've always been a rebel. I've always been a rebel against that idea. Um, and for me, self-reflection is thinking about the energy that I feel from people in my life, Mm. the people that I decide to keep in my life, um, and what kind of purpose they serve for me. And so... Mm. It, it's it's given me a lot of, like, it's made me an independent thinker. Well, that's an important thing to recognize, though, is, you know, the we always just think of things in what we can see with the five senses and experience the five senses, yeah. the physical aspect. But we don't recognize the major component that is literally everything in life, that we're all energy and everything is energy. And when you have that type of persecution and judgment and assumption or rigid like um, perspective, it literally seeps and creates so much tension energetically. And I've found that a lot more people than they recognize it or not are really sensitive to energy. And when you're finally out of that environment, it's exactly like the patterns. It's just like, wait, that wheel's not spinning anymore. Yeah. You know, and it can give you that, cl- <laughs> it can give you that clarity to really kind of evaluate or like when you do notice certain things react and respond, I'll be like, okay, well, that wasn't them. That's clearly me. And it takes another, again, another testament of courage to your nature in that sense of to be able to evaluate when people are being really mean to you and nasty, yes. to be able to evaluate where does their truth end and the imagination begin where they run off with it. But you know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, hey, that's a good point. I could be more observant in that, but okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it takes, it takes a different kind of, I don't even know what the best word is for it, but of just, well, again, I think maybe willingness is the one that comes up the most to really just hear people and experience life. And it's cool that you do you know, practice your own form of meditation, as I see it, uh, your self-reflection, <laughs> like you. in the beginning <laughs> and at night, because that's something that I feel like people just don't even recognize, you know, you, when you can level up like that, like that's a game changer. Yeah. Because again, when you wake up, it's a new thing to work on. It's a new thing to, to level yeah. up to. It's a new thing to, to continue the practice. Exactly. And when, you do that, and when you do it much, I guess you'd say when you do it a lot and you do it consistently enough, yeah. it just becomes that natural second habit. It's a second yeah. nature. It's just who you are. And right. It's, it's been really cool just to hear like your own journey of healing. And I guess you would say is like, what would be your words of encouragement for those that are undergoing, you know, different life issues, whether it be families falling apart, you know, you having to reveal yeah. things about yourself to others, being transparent and open as your genuine self. Like, what are your words of inspiration for the people? You know, there's this quote that I came across that I really religiously live by is uh, be who you needed when you were younger. And uh, that one just hits home for me because for everyone out there who 
you know, is experiencing some sort of disconnection on any kind of level with anybody in your life that you care about, whether it's family or friends or anything like that, I just want you to remember that um, the, the biggest thing is that you take care of yourself. And for me, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, because if you don't have your own back, nobody else will. You know, mm -hmm. and so so that's kind of where it comes into play is if you want people to believe in you, you kind of you have to believe in yourself. Um, you know what I mean? And another oh, yeah. thing is this, the, the this also, you know, big stigma that we also have, not just around mental health, but like this kind of like thing where we not condemn, but we look we frown upon people who ask for help. I think that that's such a bad thing to do. Ooh. Um, I think we need to be more open about our needs and wants together, um, you know, and uh, because the, the truth of the matter is, is that there's always something that we can work on. Um, and sometimes yeah. it just takes having that outside person coming in. Um, mm. And that all plays into be who you needed when you were younger. You know, the help that you didn't get, the love that you didn't get, all of those things, you have to, you, it, it's, it's really hard, but you do have to fight for that for yourself. You really do. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of how you get connected. Life will, I always have this feeling or this, this belief that the universe only throws you what you can handle. And, you know, when, when you Facts. can get over that hurdle, <laughs> um, then you will start to see that a lot of things come into fruition. And yeah. another thing is like really manifesting, um, you know, huge. Uh, huge. And it wasn't until I met Emmanuel and King where I started to really give myself positive affirmations. I never believed in shit like that. I thought that all of that shit was bullshit. But I just like, I'm like, cause every time I heard King with his spiritual stuff, I'm just like, oh, King, here we go. You know, but it, it's, it's actually very helpful. Um, so this thing people, these people have been doing for thousands of years, <laughs> it's mind blowing, please so go for those it. of you who are skeptics, I was there for those of you who used to blow that friend off or you're just like, Oh my God, shut up. I was one of you. I'm telling you to come to the other side. Okay. Because manifestation is amazing because you, we, we don't put a timeline on, on manifestation. We're just telling yourself it's, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. The universe is going to be, you know, as one with me. And I think um, whatever you say out there, man, the universe is listening. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you are it. It is you. <laughs> it is you. So really, um, but it, it all in all, to keep it short and sweet, be who you needed when you were younger. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, that's like, that's funny. It's, it's, uh, I wanted to say like, no, that's like the most perfect thing that needs to be stated right now because- <laughs> that's literally the dramas and wounds of the heart that we carry with us into the present. You know, when you talk about patterns and people repeating things, it's, or when, again, like people bringing up the past, like, Oh, why are you bringing up the past? It's like, uh, if I'm using it as an example, that's just an example. But the thing is the pattern in the past that's getting repeated yeah. is you, you know, when you look at people <laughs> that are living, that are living in that action of just constantly repeating those same mistakes or past impressions of pain from their yeah. younger self and yeah. they're not questioning it they're reliving it that moment right. that pain over and over and over exactly. and over and over again and it's it's so right. cool just to hear the 
the self-love that you've given yourself in this process of, you know, of healing. Cause again, it's something that's, as you just said, it's the most important stuff, you know, do it. You got to do it folks, because in truth, we're already doing these things, you know, whether you believe in manifestation or not, you're doing it because why your life is so miserable, why ever you feel everything's against you, all this other stuff and the chaos, it keeps happening because you're wanting it to happen when you keep yeah. speaking out for chaos, when you keep in, keep investing your energy into the, the chaos and destruction, you just become that master of it. And, yeah. you know, we have so many people that don't recognize their own power, but when you grab the reins of your own life of like, you said it perfectly in a way where it was like, you have the right and opportunity and option to say no, like, yeah, it's, it's that for everything. Like you don't have right. to give your reaction to someone. You don't have to give your energy to someone. You don't have to give a certain thought form your attention. You don't have to give yeah. certain emotions, your attention. It's being that objective and different like observer that takes yeah. you to that next level, but you only get there through questioning things, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, having an art form helps, you know, being an artist helps, you know, so expressing it, letting it out, expressing it. Yeah. You know, if oh, yeah. you're like me, where you're basically like an Asian Taylor Swift and you just write about people, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that that's kind of how, how I express it. Thank goodness I have music and I'm so, I, I feel so um, relieved that I decided to stick with this career. It, it's challenging, but I think that it's, it's very much rewarding when, when you get to that part. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of where I am is channeling all of this into all of the new music and the things that I have out right now. Well, speaking of some of that stuff that's out right now and King and <laughs> Emmanuel, I know you just you guys just dropped a new exclusive yeah, expensive. Congratulations dropping Thank that. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And in terms of new projects and stuff, like what do you got in the works? What do you got going on? Like anything what do you uh, want to pitch? What you got? Mm, I have a lot going on. Um, so um, I uh, the same label that I worked with when uh, I released games and um, this other song called All My Love and also Company. Um, mm. Right now we've been, we're kind of in the beginning stages. We're talking about doing more music together. Um, it's always nice. such a pleasure to work with them. Um, you know, it, it's crazy because we do everything online too. You know, they're in Italy, I'm here. So, it, it, you know, it's it's crazy to think that music has came this far because of technology. Um, right, right. <laughs> and uh, I do have a new single that's coming out on February 22nd. So I'm super excited about that. Um, usually I release music on Fridays, but I decided to do Monday because I feel like everyone kind of dreads Mondays. So I wanted to give my fans something to look forward to on Monday. I like that. Um, you know, be excited that you have to work the next day so that you could just, you know, get to my song. Um, <laughs> and it's 222. So, That's a dope number. Yeah. A good one. Yeah. The, the angel numbers, right? Um, so I, I have that coming out and I'll be revealing the, the title and the cover art next week. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, cool. Um, I've also uh, been in touch with another label and, a, uh, excuse me, another publishing company in Italy as well. So I don't know what it is, but I'm coming in Italy and I'm taking over. So get ready for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as the song on the, the 22nd, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about that too. These songs were completely written, produced, mixed by me. So I'm super oh, excited. Dope. Yeah, I'm super excited because I feel like I'm so ready for my fans to kind of see the evolution because I feel like mm. 
you know, they, they know that when I work with the labels in Italy, that it's, it's not produced by me. It's just written and sung, but uh, I yeah. really want to show my capabilities. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like with hip hop and rap music, historically queer people have just not really been welcomed. And so mm. really for me, it, it's bigger than just music. For me, it's breaking down social barriers in the music industry where it's like, Hey, yes, I am gay. And I was born and raised in the hood, just like all you other straight rappers out there. And yes, I do engineer and I'm here and I'm queer. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's for me, it, it's kind of that it's, it's, you know, I try really hard not to talk about my sexuality because I really just want it to be about the music because I feel like the music encompasses universal languages universal in, in terms of like yeah. you know where, wherever you come from no matter what you look like but i think that if we're getting more specific i think that it's really important because i think emphasizing these things is kind of like this this kind of um idea of how representation matters and for me being this like asian Back, yeah. gay dude who wants to do hip-hop and rap and r&b it's kind of like well that's kind of unheard of so it's like for me it, it's really hard to break down those walls uh, because I think that a lot of people, even in the industry, they're not used to that. When I first started, a lot of people told mm. me that doing R&B was not going to happen. You know, they're just like, you're this gay dude. Like, it's not going to work. Like, how are you going to appeal to masculine men, straight men? And I'm like, what if I don't have to? You know what I mean? Like, what? I mean, because I always thought about that because I'm like, why are you putting me in this box? Like, what if I don't have to? What if I just appeal to like women, you know, like yeah, what if yeah, I yeah. appeal to, you know, maybe men who are in touch with their feminine side, you know? So it's one of those things. And I'm trying to get people to open that up. And that was kind of like digging deeper to expensive. Expensive wasn't just a record about you know, flaunting confidence. For us, it was much deeper than that because, I mean, these are two Black men and one Asian queer dude. You know what I mean? When we were, when we were talking about the song, we're just like, we're doing something I feel like has never been done. And, you know, like we have these straight guys, these straight Black, beautiful men, oh my God, who are doing this, you know, a song with this like gay ass guy, you know, it's just like, and it's a rap song. And it's like, this gay guy can rap, what? Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just one of those things. And expensive was kind of that thing where it's like, we're breaking this down, you know? So that's kind of that. And I, I have some other songs recorded and I just re finished recording this other song that um, I'm planning on putting out later this year. It's one of my favorites. And the reason why is because it touches on um, alcoholism. Ooh. And, um, nice you know, it, it is, you know, alcohol has ruined Deep a lot one. of relationships. It's one um, of the biggest overlooked problems that problems. is not deemed a problem, apparently, yes. for a lot of people. And for the title, <sighs> you know, I made it very apparent um, that it's about alcohol. Uh, but some, I, I guess I can see why some people would take it as, you know, probably a drug addiction too. But um, it's more so my experience with people who, who have some sort of addiction that is um, mm. intercepting people that love them. It's um, one of those things where it's like, call me when you're ready to talk to me, you know, mm. um, and, and really talk to me clearly in, in, in a sober mind. And you're ready to think about 
where we can move forward. So right now, you know, it's just a lot of music that's being recorded. There's a definitely a couple of releases that are coming out. I collaborated with some producers in the Netherlands. Um, I collaborated with some producers in um, Mexico, in Germany. So they're kind of all over the place. My fans oh. know that my fan base is international, so I don't really work with a lot of people from Seattle, but I'm hoping that this year <laughs> we can change that because, right? <laughs> you know, because I'm just like, this international love is great. And the fact that games blew up internationally, great. But it's like, where is the love from where I'm from? You know, like I, I need to go and I need to put myself out there. I feel like I feel like I haven't been doing that. So that, that's not on Seattle. That's on me. So I, yeah, I love I, that though. It's like blowing up Italy, all of a sudden Netherlands, all these, like, like all these European countries. And shit. Yeah, but it's like That's Seattle great. crickets. Like who? What? Who? Seriously, who is that? Like a type of food? I don't know. So. Seriously. <laughs> so. That's funny. All right. Hello. Hey, welcome Hello. back. Sorry, I have thoroughly enjoyed this heart-to-heart -heart conversation. It really mm. has been profoundly impactful, I have to tell you, on so many levels. Um, you know, you, it, you're talking about life production here, not just music production. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, a couple That's of good. points I want to make. Uh, one was how you said that the, the universe uh doesn't give you anything you can't handle and mm -hmm. uh and i and i made a i made a little comment here because i i honestly believe the universe prepares you to handle everything it throws at you yeah and so whenever we're, mm -hmm. whenever i'm in a situation where i do feel overwhelmed i have to remind myself of that like the universe wouldn't set me up to fail <laughs> yeah i yeah. would but the universe would. wouldn't <laughs> Yeah. That again, oh, yeah. profound truth. Profound, profound. Um, taking a daily inventory, that's also powerful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Right. Uh I, I do that, I would say probably three or four times a week where I sit back and I and I reflect. You know, so, sometimes I just, you know, I, I don't have anything to reflect. Like the day just went smooth. But every once in a while when I feel like a disturbance in the force. <laughs> okay. Like, did I cause any resentments? Or am I harboring any resentments? Like, why? You know, otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a restful sleep. I don't have a peaceful sleep. Yeah. Mm. Right? I have a disturbed sleep. And then I wake up disturbed. You know? And hmm. that that stuff doesn't go go away, you know. Yeah. Uh, just by um, ignoring it, we're so willing to cut people out. We forget the humanity and compassion aspect of just yeah. being. It's crazy. And, and sometimes it's just that plain simple, just you know, the humanity of it. Because Peter said it best. Like, energetically, you can sense it when you walk into a room and someone's feeling uh, angry or upset or just depressed. Like. You, you don't need words to to describe. I mean, you just go, oh, wow, okay, yeah. something, something's up. And so the question that I use that I find to be neutral, a neutral question without making that person wrong, is that, is there something going on I should know about? Is there something that you want to talk about? And then just letting it be, right? Just being non-judgmental, let them say whatever it is they have to say. Because sometimes um, I, this is one of those 
four agreements where I take things personally. <laughs> like, oh, I must, it must have been me. I must have said something that upset them. Like there's something I caused. Yeah. Like I must have caused, yeah. or, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the source of their problems. <laughs> I yeah. might be a symptom, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and so that's what I've learned is that when I come across mm. that way is just to go, you know, maybe this person just needs an ear. You yeah. know, they just need to express yeah. themselves. They just need to get whatever it is bottled up out. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so I, I love the sensitivity issue that you said, like be sensitive, you know? Yeah, because that's that's where the the that's how we humanize each other, you know, like uh, yeah. it, it's just really important to to. And it's just so sad because it seems like as we progressed, like it became less of a common thing. Um, because for yeah. me, I guess maybe, maybe it's just because of who it's just who I am, but I, I always felt like that was almost like common sense, you know, like that's an outlier's was, perspective. Well, yeah. I would say common <laughs> sense ain't so common. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. well, that's so, the thing that's right there. Like that's the uniqueness of the light. That's why I always say real recognize is real because it's, turn into a rarity because you've had so many people hand over their free will yeah so i'm just like you know i i but you know i i know that common for a lot of people common sense can be a really touchy two words you know but for me it's kind of <laughs> one of those things where i mean you know before when i was younger it, it was more of a common thing you yeah. know to be honest you know it was more common for people to be compassionate and to just care about people and it seems like with the power of social media and with how far technology has gotten it's kind of like now we have like a lot of different types of information out there that might not necessarily be true that paints people in a different light or we have you know a lot of people who just have access to the internet who are very gullible and so they believe everything <laughs> that they read and you know, it kind of yeah. takes on for them. And so that's that's kind of why it's really important to kind of shut that shit down and just become an independent thinker for one night, you know, but, and, and just think for yourself. Well, that right there, though, is it comes back to a few points ago where it's, you know, to get people to ask the why. Yeah. You only ask why when you know your current understanding isn't all there is. Yeah. Like you don't ask why if you're not content, if you're content with your understanding of things. So if like, if you're assuming you understand, if you know everyone and their pain and their perspective and all this other stuff, like you're completely missing that opportunity. And I think the reason why technology is, oh, I think the reason why we've really seen things split and get even so lost, even just compared to like a decade ago of how people used to act is just because we've turned into this society and civilization that has progressed technologically faster than we've yeah. progressed morally and oh, i know and i know morals is like a is like a subjective kind of term but i mean i, yeah. I see it in terms of just like the basic aspects where it's just like does each being actually have like the constitution like unalienable like god-given creator-given whatever universe-given rights that you have just for being alive you know yeah. are do we have a society that supports people and uplifts people and doesn't destroy people because the the same thing that i hear when you're saying things like you know most people just turn it and pivot it to like oh what did you do to me or what did you do wrong like invalidating your truth it's the same thing we do to our own in, like poverty impoverished communities yeah. it's the same thing we do to our own 
homes communities. It's the same thing we do to everyone on all aspects of society. I think now with social media, it's just brought all of it to the forefront and it's just condensed it to, to really show people the sample pools of how batshit crazy those people are in, in the sense of just, they lack that accountability. You know, they're, yeah. they're just, I don't want to say like they're immature as like an attack or like a point of judgment, but it's like, they just lack the, the conscious development and understanding of themselves. So yeah. it's like, but I see as going down a very dangerous road if we don't correct the the wrongs in terms of how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves. Right. Like, like ASAP, shit's gonna go ASAP. south real quick if we don't <laughs> figure shit out. Or because I don't are, think yeah. we're not gonna get the opportunity to, ultimately. Yeah, I see like that's ultimately. how things ultimately will play out is like, we just won't you know? make it. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, yeah. No, you're, you're totally spot on about that. And I, I you know, it, it's kind of scary because it feels like it's already happening. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, Twitter is such a bad place now. I, I try, if I had it my way, I told Emmanuel and King, you know, and my husband, I said, if I had it my way, I wouldn't promote my music on social media. I would stay away from social media. Right. Um, if I could, but I, I can't avoid it. I mean, I could post and just, you know, kind of put my phone away. That's usually what I do now. Um, but, uh, like I said, I'm not exempt from it. Even I sometimes feel like, I want to see what's going on, you know, like I want to see what the tea is today, you know, like, but I try really hard to, to stray away from that because I feel like that's not ultimately, that's not who I feel like I've always been. I feel like I've always been just kind of not associated with that kind of thing where it's like, you know, we're kind of looking forward to, you know, who am I going to cancel today? You know, like, who am I? It's, yeah, it's created toxic paths of least resistance. Yeah. So Easy that, outlets easy outlets so it's, it's always easier to just do one thing rather than doing something that provides a long-term solution for a lot of people and so you know so the the all of this stuff that we're seeing right now i feel like are very short-term temporary kind of band-aids that we put on yeah well and i think you know. it's it goes back to what you were saying earlier of like you know the universe giving you what you need the universe yeah. providing you things you can actually get through it's not going to toss anything at you it's going to break you i see this as how i do have a lot of hope i i see this is where humanity can go i see this as yeah. kind of like our growing pains and yeah. i think that's something that people always kind of get lost in and caught up in the the wave or the of the movement or whatever is happening in the in the now is that they lose track of just like hey how does how has your life progressed how is yeah. how when have you experienced profound growth it's come through a little bit of turbulence you know yeah. it's caught it stemmed from some conflict so i do see this as being that kind of humbling reminder of everyone being like whoa 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 we're getting way <laughs> too into this let's put a t on this so like yeah hopefully you know this will be the time when people really dig deep and you know most importantly again i just want to like thank you for your openness on just really everything that we've talked about in terms of yeah. everything, your insights and your perspective, because it's definitely needed nowadays. We need more people like yourself open and courageous enough to speak their truth and dance their dance. Yeah. So keep Thank that up, you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I I'm terrified. I'm terrified of people knowing my personal beliefs, but I think that's just kind of, you know, kind of taking, filtering out all the bad energy, you know, and yeah. who really, who really fucks with it? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't, I, I don't think I'm a horrible person, but maybe after this interview, maybe I am a horrible person because of the way that I view certain things, but that's fine with me, you know, because I know that I'm not, 
So <laughs> that's ultimately what it comes down to, you know. So yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you. And and and, <laughs> and, and, and let me add, let, let me finish on this note because there's two there's two points I want to make. First of all, you talked about you don't want to fake it till you make it. Now, yeah. uh, and you mentioned that early on in the interview. And I wrote that down because that seems to be a popular mentality is fake it till you make it. But let me tell you from experience, it only produces a professional faker. It, you <laughs> don't ever make it. You just be a better faker. Now, <laughs> if you were to shift that and act as if, there's some days where I don't feel like editing, I don't feel like participating in life, whatever, but I act as if I do. And that's, you know, I could act as if I'm happy. Doesn't mean I'm faking I'm happy. I'm acting as if I'm happy. And then pretty soon I'm happy without even realizing I've, I've, I've transcended whatever it was instead yeah. of, you know, and so the faking it doesn't get you anywhere and, and, and it won't from personal experience. I know that. So faking it till you make it doesn't work. People, first of all, will know you're a faker and they're not going to want to do any business with you. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All right. And the second thing I want to end with, and this, I'll close our show is um, my imperfections define me. How I handle my imperfections define my character. Mm, that's good. I like that. I, I might have to take that. So I'm going to end with cherish every moment and make every moment count. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you. Have a happy always. Oh, yeah. Roll the outro. That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, LoyaltyGutterServices.com and WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel Hi, I'm Darius Wilrich. I'll teach you everything you need to know about playing jazz piano like a pro with my 12-week online video course and downloadable guidebook, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com. Thanks for joining us.